Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. This is Johnny Tan, author of From My Mama's Kitchen, Food for the Soul, Recipes for Living. Welcome to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio Show. My guest for this morning is Shanna Lee, the best-selling author of The Soul Frequency, Your Healthy, Awakened, and Authentic Life. She teaches women how to live powerfully and authentically, how to feel great in their bodies, confident with who they are, and to connect with their purpose using her platform, The Soul Frequency. Shanna also hosts The Soul Frequency Show podcast and has been featured in Awareness Magazine, Tiny Buddha, and Elephant Journal. Shannon and I will be having a conversation about her remarkable spiritual transformation and how you can also gain the confidence, clarity, and courage to reconnect with your very own soul frequency. Good morning, Shanna. Welcome to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. How are you doing this morning? Wonderful. Good morning. I'm happy to be here with you. Fantastic. It is a pleasure to have you on the air with me. I am very excited to learn more about you and your amazing transformational journey. Your book, by the way, The Soul Frequency is truly inspirational and illuminating. It's very well written and congratulations on it being a bestseller. Thank you. Yeah, it's been a very exciting past month since the book came out and we're getting a really warm reception that we're grateful for. Let us start by getting to know you a little bit better. Please give us a quick walkthrough of your life from childhood to the present moment. And we do have the whole hour to do that now, okay? (laughs) (laughs) It's been a long story. Um, So, you know, I I think you could equate my life that I've lived many different lifetimes, as we all have probably within one lifetime. And Mm -hmm. um, when I was a small child, I was born, I'm an only child. I was born into basically the being able to see and experience multidimensionality. So I um, came in with two spirit friends and it's funny to say, you know, I'm, I feel like I have lived a very normal life in some sense and not in others. And I felt like I came into a family of five of us and there were actually three of us. And so my life experience (laughs) was quite different you can imagine, than my parents. And luckily, I had a wonderful maternal grandmother who was very um, spiritual herself. And so everybody reacted really nice to it. And even though they couldn't see what I was seeing or experience what I was seeing, um, they they went along with it. And so um, I, I just, I couldn't understand how other people were not experiencing life the way I was, how my mother would go over to sit on the couch and I would think you're going to sit on my friend. Like, what are you, what are you doing? Why can't you see this? And, and, um, and so it was, it was like a sitcom in our household when I was young. And by the time I got to about the age of six, five, six years old, I, um, I started to really not like the fact that I experienced life differently. And I started Mm -hmm. to want to not, see things and experience things and hear things that other people weren't. And I really, for most of my life from then on, tried to what I call be normal, like tried to not um, just fit in, you know, just fit in with other Mm -hmm. people Mm -hmm. and integrate with, with the experience that other people were having. And it wasn't until I 
really went after, you know, the dream of, of success and succeeding in life. I built a large career in the real estate sector. I, um, I had these visions and goals of reaching, um, like, milestones in, in my life, like, you know, making a certain amount of money or achieving certain mm-hmm. things. Um, I think a lot of us go after things in life and really think that when we get there, we will be happy or fulfilled or joyous, right? That, that the, by act of getting to a certain place, that we will feel a certain way. And as I started to accumulate, you know, things and awards and achievements, I really was always going, okay, maybe it'll be the next one and maybe it'll be the next one. And, and I would look around my life and think, gosh, I have this really amazing, beautiful life. But, but there was always this peace missing, and I was so confused by it that I would, you know, kind of run from it and not really want to look at it. And it was so um, – the frustrating part was that on the outside, people felt like my life was so amazing and what I had accomplished was amazing. And I would look around and think, yeah, this is kind of amazing, but why don't I feel um, great inside? Why don't I feel like this is it, like this thing, right, this intangible thing we look for? And when I, um, I had gotten married and I was pregnant with my son, um, I, I went through an experience of just kind of waking back up to, to the parts of me that experienced life differently than other people and waking back up to, to this inner knowingness and this thing that I'd been looking for for so long that was elusive to me that I kept looking for outside of myself and in material things and in achievements, um, which I only found by going back within. And so I was, I call it an awakening process or a remembering process, but I literally um, woke up and it was halfway kind of had that halfway mark through my life and said, I am living a life that is not true to who I am. This is not authentic. And it's shocking to, to come to that conclusion, you know, after you've spent half your life um, building a whole world around you. But I knew that I was ha- having this child and that I couldn't live this lie. I couldn't, you know, I, I know children replicate what they see. And I thought to myself, like, I, he deserves better than to have a mom who knows something is off and not to do something about it. And so I went through a process of really deep, uh, spiritual evolution, personal development, and and my husband and I and my son literally just transformed our lives in every different way possible. I mean, my life looks nothing like it did several years ago. And through this process, which is really the the birth of the book, really comes from this process that I went through and understanding, you know, how we can evolve in our lifetimes and how we need to evolve really at this point in our lifetime, what we're being called up to. Um, as souls and spiritual beings and, and how we actually make those necessary changes so that we can evolve. Fantastic. Coming back to your childhood life, you said something about you kind of knew right off the bat you came to this earth, the three of you, right? And so as being a child, the fact that you have your own playmates, so were you by yourself all the time? I mean, not feeling that you're alone? Yeah, so I felt, um, I, you know, I felt, well, I was an only child, so there wasn't other children in the home, and I spent a lot of time in playing and, and back mm-hmm. in my bedroom and in, you know, my imagination, of course, at that age. Um, but I really felt like I 
I have memories of, as strange as it sounds, I have memories of feeling like I wasn't sure I wanted to be born. I have memories of feeling like wow. this, like I was really going to have like a, um, like a, a, a challenging experience in this lifetime, right? And mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. feel like the two um, spirits who accompanied me into this life were here to help me um, integrate and to help me be okay being here and feel safe because I was so sensitive as a child, I still am, um, feel all kinds of things, you know, feel people's feelings like, and I mm-hmm. just, you know, I came into a family that um, certainly wasn't, they didn't condemn it, but they, they weren't, they had never had these experiences themselves, like my parents, and they mm-hmm. didn't really, you know, have like a deep sensitivity to that. And so I just felt like it was a cushion between the worlds, right? Between right. the the three dimensional world and and not and I and they kept me a company for sure and they <laughs> um, taught me. But it's interesting. One of the things I remember um, the most, and it's not really like a conscious memory of the mind. Yeah, it's a feeling. It's like this. You know, if people that talk about having like near death experiences, they often talk right. about. Um, going to the light and they talk about this experience of just all encompassing love and not even wanting to come back, you know, into the Mm -hmm. human body. Um, And it was, it was very much like that. They, there was this love that is so profound and deep. It's like, I don't know if we can really even put words to it or really know what the experience is, you know, while we're in human form, but it's just a a comfort, a comforting feeling that you don't want to leave. And that is what they provided me, you know, in my young life. And it was like, there's, there's a, we're drawn to that, right? Like when someone feels so loving and mm-hmm. warm and just comforting, um, it's just, it just draws you in. And so I do remember that feeling of just feeling so safe and so loved and so cared for. That's fantastic. One of the things that I've learned over the years is that someone who are as gifted as you are, is usually in the lineage, so to speak. And you mentioned something about your grandmother understood you. Were there other family members that has the ability as well? Yeah, it definitely. That's my perception, too, is that it comes through lineages often, mm-hmm. lineage often. And um, my grandmother, her father was a, a just a brilliant man. He was a hands-on healer and um, inventor and creator, very, mm-hmm. very connected. So it, and I have some of it on my paternal side too, mostly on my maternal side, but some of it on my paternal side too. So yes, I definitely, and I think it's a blessing because, you know, thank goodness for my grandma. I had a very close relationship with her and she just understood things. You know, I didn't have to explain it to her. She, I spent right. a lot of time with her when I was young and, you know, we all in all areas of life need mentorship. And certainly when you are experiencing life differently than the majority of people in your environment, um, having just even one person that understands Mm -hmm. is extremely valuable. Definitely, definitely. So as a kid, did you take advantage of that special gift? In other words, have leverage, have fun with it. Um, you know, I didn't, I didn't so much like, I really wanted other people to not know about it. So I don't oh, know why. Okay. Um, yeah. For me, yeah. I didn't, um, as a small child, I wanted to hide it once I got into kind of being school age. And I wanted to 
just fit in. I just felt so different than other people, and I just wanted nobody to notice that. So I did a lot of things. I've actually heard this from a couple other people, too, that they had a similar experience when they were mm-hmm. young children. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to I, – I, I, I remember looking around me and thinking – what is everyone else doing? Like, how can I do that too? Because <laughs> I really, um, I really saw life differently. Like I knew that I thought about things differently. I knew that I perceived mm-hmm. things differently. It's almost as if I was standing outside um, uh-huh. of things and looking in. And so I really wanted to be inside. I didn't want to be standing outside looking within. And the one, the one way it's interesting, because, you know, when you have a mm-hmm. certain gift of insight, you, you, it's who you are. So you are using it, whether you know you are or not in certain ways. Mm -hmm. And so there is one way that I look back on now in the time, at the time I didn't, I was not conscious of this, but when I was in my career in real estate, I, um, I was very good at negotiating contracts and I was very good at doing it in a win-win way. So I, I, -hmm. I wouldn't ever do anything that would, you know, be not in integrity with another party, but I felt very proud that I was able to bring people together and kind of make a win-win situation. And and what I know I was doing at the time now, again, I didn't realize it. What I know I was doing was intuiting what each person needed, what was most important to them um, in the transaction and how, and how they needed to hear it, right? Like Mm -hmm. how I needed Mm -hmm. to communicate to them in a way that they could receive it. And, and everyone was different, right? So maybe the way I was talking to one party is different than the way I was talking to another in their ability right. to integrate the information. So, so I, I'm sure throughout my life I used, you know, my gift in different ways, but I wasn't conscious of it for most of, of my younger life. Sure. Very, very interesting. You mentioned about the fact that there is a point where you accomplish so much in your life, but you find a certain amount of emptiness to it. So what happened that caused you to have that epiphany? You know, I think, I think sometimes we get caught up in the doing this and the going after things that we're not even mm-hmm. really feeling. We're not in our feeling space. We don't know how we feel in our life. We just are in the pursuit of something and we're in, you know, the daily busyness. And so we get, it's like a, 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 like a vortex or a tornado that lifts you up and, mm-hmm. and people are just spinning, right? And they're just going through the motions. And so I, I, kept, I kept trying to say, like, gosh, I'm going through the motions and all these things are happening around me. But I, I felt like I wasn't in them. Like I wasn't fully feeling good in these moments. And, and I, it just kept – it wasn't getting better, right? So sometimes people think, you know, I often talk to clients about this and different people. We think we're going to – out earn how we feel, right? Or we're going to out succeed how we feel. And we feel like something might be a little bit off. But if I just do one more thing, or if I just could make this amount of money, or if I just could do this, then it would feel better. And it doesn't work that way. In fact, like sometimes those things make it even magnify it and make it feel worse. And so um, you're never going to to fill that that thing you don't have a word for with external mm-hmm. praise or or money or things or none of that will fill that hole. And so I think we have a culture that that thinks that it will. And I really mm-hmm. started to see when I got to that point where I was kind of really starting to notice this. 
I started to see it all around me too. I started to see it in my friends and my colleagues. And I was, and, and I started to see that a lot of times when that's going on, there are, there is more drinking going on. There are, you know, some people going through things like affairs, you know, there's just a lot of other things mm-hmm. that, that kind of we turn to when, you know, we want to fill that void. Um, you know, right. eating. There was just a lot of behaviors that, that I saw in people around me. And I'm like, that's, that's how that void is being filled. Right. But I didn't want to, I didn't want to go down that road. You know, I had through much of my life and I talk about this in, in the book. Um, mm-hmm. I had struggled with weight and my body. I had struggled with, you know, being healthy. I, I had already struggled with these things. So by the time I was at this point where I was looking around my life, I'm like, I don't want to turn to anything else. So I need to be courageous and really look at what is my truth and why do I feel like something is missing? And just from starting that inquiry and being courageous enough to, you know, to look into that (laughs) is is how things started to progress. Fantastic. So what is the soul frequency? The soul frequency is your energetic fingerprint. So just like we have a unique fingerprint, your energy is unique and the energy flow that runs through your body, you know, before we're cells and molecules, Mm -hmm. we are an energetic flow. We are a soul and a spirit so vast and incredible that the way that I perceive, you know, a human spirit and soul, I I always say, I wish people could see what I saw because what I I see when I look into people, because it's so um, multidimensional and multifactorial and incredible that if we saw how powerful we really are and how powerful that energy is, that soul frequency, I think Mm -hmm. that we would, um, I think that we would feel differently about ourselves. You know, I think that we would move through the world differently. And so I just teach people about their energy and how they can use that energy to create things in the world and how they can shift the things in their life that don't feel good into something that feels in alignment. And I equate that with, you know, a lot of people are familiar with chiropractic care and sometimes Mm -hmm. like if your neck is out or your back is out and you go to the chiropractor, for some people they feel like they might not notice their neck is out or their back is out. They're not having any pain, but they might go there and get an adjustment and all of a sudden they go, oh, that feels better, right? Other people Mm -hmm. might be in extreme pain and they might go to a chiropractor and they get adjusted and it's like full relief all over their body instantaneously. You know, you just feel all of your muscles, you know, release and relax and, and you feel mm-hmm. so much better and you feel the energy flow through your body. Well, it's the same way on an energetic realm. So we do things in our life that, that have us out of alignment. And, and it, it's almost like we're walking through life with a stiff neck or a sore back from an energetic standpoint. And so when we're able to put these things back into alignment, we move through the world differently and we feel better in our life. And so I, my gift works in the ability to see that I can see where people are not in alignment in their life and whether they are conscious of it or not. So sometimes we're doing things in our life and we're not even conscious that it's in alignment, but it, but what we're doing is it's kind of like nails on a chalkboard over and over again throughout our life. Mm -hmm. And we just become accustomed to that, to that horrible sound and so we're right. used to it, so we keep doing it because it's, it's what we do. But then when you take the nails off the chalkboard and you put it back into alignment, people go, oh, my gosh, that's amazing. <laughs> like, right? I never knew it could be this good. So, yeah. 
Fantastic. So when did you discover yours? Uh, really, probably, I mean, you know, I kind of came in in discovery of it and in knowledge of it, like many of us do as children, we're much more aware of who we really are. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. we oftentimes get socialized out of that um, as we come <laughs> into a family system. But but it was it was when I was, you know, leaving my career, I had a massive transformation. Um, it was kind of right around my 40th birthday and with the birth of my son and really changing my whole life and changing my career. And I went through this time of just releasing things that were not in alignment with who I was. And, and the fascinating part with it is that releasing is, is difficult for people. We tend to want to accumulate things and more things and, um, and we don't right. really like getting rid of anything. And you know, evolution calls us up to release certain things from our life. And so I went through a process, a really rapid process. Some people's, most people's process is not as rapid as mine was. Um, I say I got a varsity level transformation so I could help people with (laughs) um, various other levels of transformation. But, but I started just releasing so many things from my life. And I, and in the releasing process, I, I really learned a lot about how we get attached to things and to ways of being and what those attachments, you know, do in our life and, and how, you know, we think we can't live without certain things and we think we can't, you know, we just can't survive. And through the process of releasing a lot of stuff out of my life, which was a very spiritual experience that I was called up to, I was Mm -hmm. able to, um, to free myself. You know, there's a lot of ways that we are attached to things and ways of being that keep us not feeling free. And for the first time in my life, when I connected to that soul frequency, the, one of the, one of the things I heard over and over again was lighten, lighten, lighten everything, lighten your life, lighten, you know, what you have, like just pare things down and, and detach from things and you will be free. And so I did it. And it wasn't easy at the beginning. I mean, certainly there's a lot of emotion around our attachments. Mm-hmm. And I really, um, the more I was able to to kind of cry through it and feel frustrated through it and, and be in touch with my emotional center, the more free I got. And so I started to see that that if I was willing to let go of these attachments, I would experience that thing I had always been looking for, which was, the truth of who I was and the energy and the reconnecting to that source and the ability to um, be profoundly in my truth and nothing that you can own or be attached to (laughs) feels better than that. That's really amazing. By the way, you're listening to from my mama's kitchen talk radio our podcasts are available on apple's itunes stitches radio blueberry podcasting and TuneIn radio i'm johnny tan your host and my guest for this morning is shanna lee the best-selling author of soul frequency your healthy awakened and authentic self she teaches women how to live powerfully and authentically how to feel great in their bodies confident with who they are and to connect with their purpose using her platform the Soul Frequency. Shanna also hosts the Soul Frequency show podcast and has been featured in Awareness Magazine, Tiny Buddha, and Elephant Journal. Shanna and I are having a conversation about her remarkable life's journey, spiritual transformation, 
and how you can also learn you can gain the confidence, clarity, and courage to reconnect with your very own soul frequency. Shanna, who would benefit most in reading your book? Gosh, I feel like everybody could get some nugget of wisdom <laughs> out of the book. Um, but, you know, I think I think I wrote the book with the intention um, to to spread the word about, you know, I think a lot of people struggle with, you know, um, purpose, finding their purpose in life, mm-hmm. struggle with, you know, things like um, being distracted, and I call it distracted, by by worrying about our body or our health or weight or the ways that we, you know, encumber ourselves so that it kind of keeps us off track from, from really seeing what needs to change, you know, in our life. And so we distract ourselves with all kinds of things. And, and I, I just saw this, you know, been able to work one-on-one with over 300 people and in a very intimate way. And I just started to see that there was a through line um, and it didn't matter whether they were men or women or, you know, what, what their career was or, or where they were in their life as far as what they had accomplished or not accomplished there. There's a through line and a human connection um, in certain ways. And I just started to see that. And I really wrote the book um, for, for people who want are either missing something that they've been looking for or want something more for their life. And, um, and I really teach people and walk people through a process called the anatomy of transformation that really helps you locate like your soul frequency and who you really are. And, you know, so often we grow up in families, which are, are wonderful. You know, some people have wonderful stories of their families. Some people have not so wonderful stories of, of their growing up and, and either way, we, we integrate the energy of our family and we integrate um, sometimes a lot of their belief systems and the ways that they think that we should move through the world. And what's really important at some point in this human journey is that we discover the way we feel we should move through the world, right? And who we really are separate from what other people may have wanted for us, even if that wanting was loving, Right we have to discover that unique soul frequency to really feel fulfilled, to really feel like we came here to, to know ourselves fully. And, and so often we we're being, um, we're jumping around between other people's opinions, right. Or what we think we should be doing and not really firmly centered in who we are. And so this book is about getting to who you really are and doing the work. And I, I, did, there's a sections in the book called Inspired Action where I really take people through a process of answering very specific questions that have them um, kind of open doors where maybe they aren't looking and to look deeper into their own consciousness and start awakening themselves to, to the soul frequency. That's fascinating. In reading your book, the things that I gathered most was I realized myself that for the last year and a half or so, I've been sort of winding down rather than winding up. And it's because of all the distractions, the things that happen, and being an empathic person, and I'm sure you can relate to that in terms of it's easy to look backwards than forward sometimes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you get caught in that wave, that tidal wave, and it paralyzes you. Yes. And, you know, right now for, I think you bring up a great point too. And I, this is why I feel that work, is, this type of work is so valuable is that, mm-hmm. you know, when you're going through, we're, we're all at this time on the planet being called up to 
open up our emotional centers to um, literally, like I, I say we're being squeezed like oranges of things that are low frequency. So emotions, you know, old emotions, old pain, trigger points, things like that. Just, just the energy on the planet is, is lifting us up and, and growing us and expanding us. And so a lot of people are experiencing, you know, emotions and maybe they've felt like they haven't been emotional in their life. Like I'm uncomfortable with the emotions I'm experiencing. I'm uncomfortable mm-hmm. with the ways I'm feeling stuck. I'm uncomfortable. You know what I mean? And so there's a lot of that going on. And I think when we understand why it's happening, right? So, cause some people say to me, like, I just feel like, you know, everything felt like it made sense before. And now it feels like it doesn't make sense. Right. Or I feel like I'm moving backwards or I feel like right. I'm going through things I've never been through before and I have no point of reference for it, and I don't understand what's going on, and I don't know how to stop it, right? Like, it doesn't seem like I can come up with a quick solution or a quick fix for it. Mm-hmm. And this is mm-hmm. going on across the board for people, right? This is not but, – but because we don't talk about these things readily, right, like at a cocktail party <laughs> or at a dinner, um, we feel alone, and we feel like, why is this happening to me? And, and the more afraid we are of it, the more we want to hide it. Right. And so yeah. I always say to people, none of nobody should be suffering in silence. And we really need to start talking about this stuff because it's going on for everybody on different levels. Right. Everybody goes through it in a different way at a different level and at a different time. But it's happening across the board. And so the book, you know, is really about giving a, a reference point and kind of like here are the steps and stages to the transformation we're all being called up to right now. And and I think there's peace in just knowing where you are in that process, right? And there's yeah. peace in just knowing like, oh, here are some great tools to really help me walk through this. And there's peace in just knowing I'm not going crazy. Like I'm not alone. You know what I mean? This is something that's important and it's happening. And I really teach people a lot of tools in my one-on-one coaching about how to move the emotion out of your body without re-triggering things, right? We're, we're so afraid of emotion because we feel like if we open the door to it, that it's just going to overtake our lives. Like we won't be able to go to work. We won't be able to function. You know, if I start crying, I might cry forever. I mean, we have all of these ideas about emotion and there are ways to just move the energy because emotion is energy out of your body. And which is what we're being asked to do right now is, is literally clear our body of past pain and trauma so that we can evolve and elevate, right? So that our energy can become more clear and, and fast moving and vibrant and so we don't have to stay stuck in that, right? We, don't, we shouldn't stay mm-hmm. stuck in that process. We should be able to just move through it, um, but we, we don't know where to go for anyone to teach us that. There's nothing, you know, people say to me, like, I don't know what to ask for. Like, I mean, I guess therapy, but, like, they're not really yeah. giving me tools. You know, they're just listening to me talk. And so, you know, that was why I do what I do, and I, I do a lot of interviews, and I talk about this a lot because – there needs to be a place where people can ask for this. Like I need, you know, I need help with this specifically and need to learn to pinpoint, you know, where they are in this process of transformation. So true. You can just handle the symptoms or you want to handle the core. And in this case, your book and what you're doing is actually handling the core issue itself so that you are making that transformation. Because a lot of times, and I say this respectfully, there are a lot of situations we are only handling the symptoms. And so every so often it would flare up again. But to truly make the paradigm shift 
one needs to really focus on the core issue. But the challenge is realizing that there is an opportunity to do that because a lot of times, like I mentioned to you before, we feel paralyzed. You can't move. The world still revolves around you. So you're like in this sort of a quicksand moment. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, you bring up a great point because we have a culture that that just wants to um to make it go away by 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 getting rid of the symptom right but not actually healing the underlying cause and when mm-hmm. we do that we actually drive the cause in deeper right so when we are so let's take you know food and the body and if we just you know are rolling over the top of of why we eat too much, right? Like if we are gaining weight mm-hmm, or we're having mm-hmm. physical symptoms for not taking care of ourselves. If we're just going on a quick fix diet or we're taking pills or we're doing these things to manage the exterior, right? And not mm-hmm. to actually heal the reasons why we are turning to food, bigger and bigger problem as time goes on. And as we all know, you know, eventually the pills don't work anymore. You know, eventually the quick fix diet doesn't work. So when we're chasing symptoms, we're always going to be chasing symptoms and it's going to get harder and harder to suppress those symptoms. So it's, you know, and I got to that point certainly earlier in my life with food. And I talk about this in the book because so often um, you know, when I initially started seeing clients, I was very interested in holistic health in the body. And my very mm-hmm. first practice that I opened, I talked about holistic health. And after I saw about oh, I don't know, 20 to 25 clients, I went home one day and I said, this has nothing to do with food. Like people's weight has nothing to do with food. And I, it was so clear to me. And I thought, I can't talk about food anymore because this has nothing to do with food. And what I saw in the room is Mm -hmm. all these other things that had to do with, right? Like all the reasons why I'm talking about when you're not connected to your soul frequency, when you're disconnected in, in your life to your emotions, when you're not present to the things under the surface that are out of alignment, what do we do? We soothe ourselves, right? With something, with food, with drink, with, you know, even people that over-exercise, right, are soothing themselves. Mm-hmm. So there's things that we can consider somewhat healthy that we're doing to soothe ourselves. And so I just started seeing that that, that is where the real work is. Like, you know, when you – heal, when you go through the soul frequency process, when you heal these underlying causes, you will naturally be healthier. You will naturally make healthier Mm -hmm. choices. It's not because you're on a diet. It's not because someone tells you to. Like the reasons why we do things that are unhealthy in our life, when you heal the the underlying cause, the, the behavior goes away. It just does. It's like, I always say it's a bypass. We shouldn't yeah. be, you know, looking at like, oh, how do we eat healthier and how do we go on a diet? That's not where you're going to solve anything. You've got to look deeper than that, right? And when you look deeper than that and, and you really start looking at the core core, and which the core is always the energy, right? Like where the energy is off in your life. And when you shift that, it's like everything from there on up heals itself and transforms. That's true. Very true. You have a very interesting view on perfectionism in your book. Please share that with us. 
Yeah, so perfectionism is just a way that we control. It's just a way that, um, again, when we are not in alignment and we're trying desperately to have things look, you know, a certain way and have them show up a certain way, it's, it's a great way to channel our energy into something, right? Not necessarily into something that's helpful for us, but it's a great way to channel our energy. And the flip side of that, that is often you know, like on the other side of perfectionism is resistance. And so if you look over your life, most everybody has resistance or and or perfectionism and usually both um, at play in their decision-making processes, in the way that they do life or either resisting things like meaning, oh gosh, I know I need to change, but I'm not going to because I'm in resistance. I know I'm supposed, I should go to the doctor, but I'm not going to. I know I mm-hmm. should, you know, move my body every day, but I'm not going to. Or we're in the flip side, which is, oh, it has to be perfect. I have to show up. I have to do it this way. It has to happen like this. Or my world falls apart. Or I don't feel good. Or I'm not okay. You know, so you can see that when we're in these two states, there's just a lot of energy we're, we're spending, right? Thinking mm-hmm. about these things, either resisting life, pushing up against it, or trying really hard in life. And all of that is kind of out of flow, right? It's not in balance. Mm-hmm. It's not something that feels peaceful and loving and kind to ourselves. It's just a way we find a lot of ways um, when we're not using our energy to create in the world, we find a lot of ways to use our energy, worrying, gossiping, you know what I mean? Have our energy right, caught up, right. either other people taking our energy. We, we just, we do a lot of um, energy, I call it energetic gymnastics all over the place, right? When we don't have our energy channeled into, okay, who am I really? And how do I want to focus my energy in the world? And what do I want to create with that? That's positive. That's true. Very, very true. The other thing that I really enjoy about your book is the fact that you are so thorough in detail on the experience that you went through and how you shared one particular section that I really liked is your experience about love and truth. Please share that with us. Yeah, so when I was going through my, you know, big transformation, I, you know, transformation starts in the funniest of ways because literally, you know, we can't go through transformation in a day. It would be too shocking, right? So we get guided (laughs) up to it. And, and we kind of go, oh, that's interesting. And then we, yeah. we head through that, you know, that portal or that doorway. And then we get guided up to another level. And it, it goes at a very um, kind pace a lot of times so that we can move through it and integrate it. And so the way that I really started that transformation is I started thinking about these words, love and truth. And they were, they were in a, like a specific way, like in my head. So it was a capital, capital letters, love, the, uh, the plus sign, and then truth. And, and I kept thinking about it and thinking about it. I didn't know where it came from. I, I didn't read it anywhere. And I just became like obsessed with this idea of love and truth, what love and truth, what does it mean? What does it mean? And it was so strange to me because again, it didn't come from anywhere. And so I was just thinking, why? And so one day I sat in front of my computer in, in my office at home, and I just typed it into um, Google because I thought, mm-hmm. this is so weird that I keep thinking about these words. And, um, and I typed it into Google, and it really took me down this kind of rabbit hole of learning about um, multidimensional, like, concepts. And I now looking back, I come to know it as a frequency. So I say the frequency of love and truth. And it is 
you know, we can live at different frequencies in our life, which is, uh, I'll just give you an example, like, so low frequency, mm-hmm. like emotions, let's say, are things like shame and guilt and sadness and um, emotions like that. And it doesn't mean they're bad, right. right? It just means they're at a lower energetic frequency. And a higher energetic frequency emotion is like an enlightenment, joy, um, love. And so, mm-hmm. you know, we can either, I'm sure people know, you know, individuals in their life that being around them feels draining, right? Feels That's not right. great. That's right. Feels like they maybe are <laughs> complainers. Like, and then you might have other people in your life that feel amazing. And when you're around them, they just lift you up, right? And so this is like, this is how we feel into frequency, right? How we feel mm-hmm. where someone's mm-hmm. resonating at. And so these words just resonated at a very high frequency for me. And they, they literally sent me on a journey of learning. And so I feel like, these words popped into my consciousness at a time that, that started this whole evolution in my life and that they are a frequency. And I talk about them a lot um, because I think that truth is a very powerful healer. And when we discover our deepest inner truths, that things start to shift in our life and we start to make different choices. And, and truth is powerful. Sometimes someone could tell you the truth and it might hurt your feelings and it might be really hard to take at first at the beginning, but it always is good, right? It's like, I'm glad I know the truth. And when we can say the truth and live the truth from a place of love, right? From a Mm -hmm. place of compassion and kindness, those two things together are really kind of what I come to know as the basis for the work that I do. Bringing out the truth right? And then teaching people how to live from love with that truth, how to communicate that truth from a place of love, and how to put that truth out in the world with, with very high frequency energy of love. And so it's come to be kind of a symbol of my work, um, and the frequency that I am conveying my work on. Fascinating, beautiful. You're listening to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. Our podcasts are available on Apple, iTunes, Stitches Radio, Blueberry Podcasting, and TuneIn Radio. My guest is Shanna Lee, the best-selling author of The Soul Frequency, Your Healthy, Awakened, and Authentic Life. She teaches women how to live powerfully and authentically, how to feel great in their bodies, confident with who they are, and to connect with their purpose using her platform, The Soul Frequency. Shanna also hosts the Soul Frequency Show podcast and has been featured in Awareness Magazine, Tiny Buddha, and Elephant Journal. Shanna and I are having a conversation about her remarkable spiritual transformation and how you can also gain the confidence, clarity, and courage to reconnect with your very own soul frequency. I'm your host, Johnny Tan. Shanna, how does one get from a victim? to a victor? So it's a great question. Um, you know, we have this idea of a victim mentality or we've been a victim in life. And, and this goes mm-hmm. so far beyond what we think, because in all ways, all people in some area of their life feel like they are a victim. And when you are in a victim stance on anything in your life, you can see evidence of this by the fact that you don't think that you have the power to change anything, right? That it's impossible to do anything about this 
because you're the victim of other people's wishes or desires or other people's actions. And there's no movement in victimhood. There's no evolution there. So even if something tragic has been done to you or happened to you, um, you know, one of the stages of healing that is to, to empower yourself to step out of being the victim because that, that energy of stepping out of being the victim to the victor is where you get healing and where you get movement on that. And so, you know, this is, I think it's easy in some respects when we hear certain stories to say, yes, that person was a victim and that's, you know, horrible. And it is, you know, when tough things happen, it, it's not great. Um, but to heal that is to step out of the victim mentality. But the more subtle things, right, that we experience in life, um, we, we really do take a, a victim mentality on. And we don't tend to call it that but that's at the core level what it is. And so if there's anywhere in your life where you feel like I just, I can't do anything about this or I'm just stuck here or, you know, other people have, you know, have something over my head or they're keeping me here. I mean, none of that is really actually truth. And so when we move from a, into a victor energy, we can see that we have infinite choice around our life and that, we may, it may only seem because of our brain, our brain likes to only have like one, two or three decisions. Like you can, you can do A, B or C. Um, mm -hmm. But in truth, there are an infinite amount of decisions in any one choice that you're going to make ways you can go paths you can go down. And when you're able to open up to your greater consciousness and your greater creativity, you see how many possibilities there are. And you just see that it's not really true that we're ever really stuck. Very, very interesting. You basically said that we all have our own control. It's just a matter of what external forces are making us think that we don't. Exactly. And it's just usually a limitation in what we see as possible. So we have some sort of limiter either that we were taught as children mm -hmm. that we've learned through life or society that we've, it's basically like programming that we've come to believe yeah. that we don't have a choice in the matter and we always have a choice in the matter. It's one of the most extraordinary things about being human is that we have choice and we make a lot of choices every day, but we just don't see the, the pool of options that we can choose from. We think that there's a very limited pool of options and there isn't. There's, there's so many, there's infinite amount of options. We just have to tap into that kind of information source that stream of consciousness where we can see the greater possibilities. Wonderful. So that brings me to the next question. Your book talks about creating. So what is the creation equation? The creation equation is how everything has ever been created. So when someone creates, you know, a Apple, when someone created IBM, when someone created, you know, anything like art, um, music, there's a certain way that we create as human beings, which it blows my mind that we are not taught this as children, right? Because when you're taught the creation equation, then you have the tools of how you create. And so what, what's happening in life is that most people are out there creating and they don't know how they're creating. And so they think it's not them. They think life right. is just happening, right? Like we just have, you know, happenstance do this and we by happenstance do that. And, we don't realize that by the thoughts that we think and the things that we feel and the ways that we take action in the world, that we're creating our reality. And if we're taught the creation equation, which I talk a lot about in the book, we can start to create our experience and our lives. And mm -hmm. 
there's a really powerful shift that happens for people when they start becoming conscious of this because so often we're creating things in our life that we don't want instead of creating what we do want. So we're using our thought patterns and we're using our emotions and we're fueling energy to the things that we don't want. We're thinking about what we don't want to happen. We are feeling upset about things we don't want to happen. And (laughs) in turn, we're feeding that, right? We're feeding that fire and we're feeding that flame. And then we wonder like, why does this keep happening in my life? Well, all of your attention and energy is on that, right? So where you flow your energy and attention is what magnifies and grows in your life. And we just tend to flow it to what we don't want instead of what we do want. You're talking about basically our thoughts can manifest into reality if we put all of our soul energy into it. Absolutely. And the thing is, is like, I always say you can have whatever your heart desires. And I, I, put the emphasis on heart because (laughs) you know if you if you truly if something is truly from your soul meaning you want something with your heart space not your ego or not because someone Mm -hmm. else has it right because but if this is truly your soul call then you desire it at a soul level it is absolutely possible that it manifests in fact it wants to manifest right it's trying Mm -hmm. to come through And oftentimes we're blocking it. And so when we line up with the way that we think about it, right, because everything starts with an idea or a thought, like, oh, gosh, I want to start a business, right? We have that one idea. Mm -hmm. And then then we fuel it with a feeling. We get excited about it. Wow, I want to start this business. This would be so cool. And then maybe we take (laughs) action on it, like I'm going to start calling around and looking for possible locations. This is how things get created. And you have one thought and then you have another thought about it and then you start getting excited about it and then you have more thoughts about it. And eventually you might even enroll other people to come in and have thoughts about it, right? So now, now you right. have 10 people that might be your employees getting excited about it, having thoughts about it. And this creates like a snowball effect, right? Like a momentum mm-hmm. of energy. And eventually, you know, let's say somebody creates a business and they've got a lot of employees and they've been putting a lot of you know, thought into it and feeling into it, and they put a lot of action into it, so bringing it into the three-dimensional reality. You know, eventually in that life cycle of that business, possibly the person that created it or the CEO doesn't need to put much thought anymore into it and doesn't need to put as much feeling because now they have all these employees, right, that are thinking mm-hmm. about it and feeling and showing up and doing the work, and there's been so much momentum, energetic momentum created that the person that created it, that put in all the effort and energy in the beginning can, can kind of go, oh, okay, this, this can now, you know, run without me putting as much effort and energy. So it's, it's like when you have something that lies in your heart, you know, so often people tell me like, oh, I have this dream, but I can't do it. I'm like, why? If it's your dream, I mean, I don't, I'm five foot one and a half. I don't dream of being a basketball player. I don't, <laughs> right? Like this is, not on the radar for me, but it, but I don't want it to be either. Right. So we somehow like really think that the things that truly lie in our heart aren't, aren't possible. And that's so sad, right? Like we go, gosh, it's so sad. I would love to do this, but it's just, I can't do it. And it's like, but if it's in your heart and you love to do it and maybe you've always found joy in doing it, why, why would you not be able to create that? It's not even logical. Right. It's like, we come here with these, with these imprints of our soul of like, here's what you're supposed to do in this lifetime. And then we tell ourselves 
because maybe our parents didn't believe what we could or other people have <laughs> failed at it or whatever, right? Say, oh, it's not possible. It's like, it, it's not even logical when you really break it down and think about <laughs> it in those terms. And so really it's just awakening, you know, the creator within yeah. each of us and connecting with our soul frequency and bringing through what we came here to bring through. So true. I love it. This is quite interesting. It's experiencing chaos healthy. Yeah. So <laughs> in some there's some types of chaos that are just um, cyclical patterns, which are not healthy. So, you know, just creating a world of chaos and living in the middle of it, not learning anything from it. But, but for a lot of people in transformation, chaos can be the predecessor to, to great change, that it can mm-hmm. feel as though things are breaking apart in your life, or it can feel chaotic and different, like things are kind of coming undone. And that coming undone is like a necessary process to a reformulation that occurs. So sometimes we have to like, pull apart a little bit to reformulate who we really are, pull apart the things that are not in truth to reformulate. And it can feel like chaos and it can feel like, Mm -hmm. like the feeling of coming undone. Like I used to have it together and now I'm very not much not feeling together and it feels (laughs) strange and weird. And, and this is like back to the point that we talked about earlier. This is where people Mm -hmm. need to have a reference point. They need to know what they're going through. Right. And they need to know that they will feel more together than they ever have in their life. Like once they walk through the process. So true. Where can someone go to buy your book, get more information about your services, and keep up with your latest happenings? You can go to thesoulfrequencybook.com where you can grab the book. There's also four bonus gifts that go along with the book, which are fantastic companion workbook. Um, They can even have an opportunity to have a 30-minute consultation directly with me. There is a wonderful cookbook. Um, so there's a lot of just fun bonus gifts that we did uh, for the book launch. So you can go there for the book. You can go to thesoulfrequency.com to find out more about uh, me. And there's also access to the podcast. And we run a, a great blog out of there. And if uh, people are on Instagram, I'm on Instagram often. And my handle is at the soul frequency. Wonderful. What advice do you have for those who are struggling to find their soul frequency? Ah, read the book. <laughs> no, seriously. Um, I, the the book will be the book will be really helpful. But I I just I send out my love to people that are struggling with that. I think that you need to be graceful with yourself and and loving with yourself and realize that you're in a process of of awakening to that and that that it can feel like struggle sometimes. But to keep putting one foot in front of the other and get support, you know, get support and people that are supportive around you. It makes the transformation process much easier. It's true. That's very, very true. Finding your tribe, like you mentioned in the book. The other thing also, I do want to mention real quick here, this book, although it's written, and I say this respectfully, I mean, you were talking about women. I find that this book is good for everyone because when you talk about soul, it's gender neutral. And I've got quite a bit out of it, and I knew I would continue to have more out of it. And I would encourage women out there who are listening to this show, if you know of someone, a male friend or a loved one, do buy the book. I believe they will really enjoy reading this because this is about soul frequency. It's gender neutral. It's about taking ownership of your own very being. Yes, for sure, 100%. And we've had... 
you know, such an incredible response from men. I've had several, you know, men reach out to me and mm-hmm. after reading the book and they feel that they really want to talk to me and work with me. And um, so it, it connects across the board. Wonderful. How has writing the soul frequency affected you personally? Oh, it, it changed my life. I went through a two year writing process and I just, I transformed through the process of writing this book. And there's a lot of, like you mentioned, personal story about my own transformation in there. And when you're going to share a lot of, you know, the, the deep things that you've been through, it really is a process to put that out in the world, right? To share yourself in a bigger way. And while I share that all the time with my one-on-one clients, I really went through my own process of really saying, you know what, I'm ready to share what I've been through and I'm ready to have it help and work in the lives of other people. And so I grew in my willingness to open up, you know, my heart and soul at a very deep level and share so that other people can know that they're not alone. And, um, you know, there were many times I felt scared to do that. There were many times I had to go through my own process, but once came out, Um, it was just a profound experience because the letters that I get and the people that are impacted by it and that, you know, thank me for being willing to share. It's a very gratifying and loving experience. And I'm just, I'm so glad that I kept putting one foot in front of the other, right. To share this information and that it's impacting the lives of others. What is next for you? Ah, I am I'm doing a lot of coaching. I'm doing a lot of speaking. Um, and there is a second book that I am in very early stages starting on. So we'll, we'll see maybe in a couple of years that will, that will be born. That's great. Since our show is about people, family, and living life, what would you like to share as a recipe for living with our listeners this morning? Uh, authenticity. Finding your authenticity. It will heal every aspect of your life. That's fantastic. Shanna, thank you for the great recipe for living and for spending this hour with me on From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. To all our listeners, please join me in two weeks, Tuesday morning, November 6th. My guest will be Amy Newmark, the publisher and editor-in-chief for Chicken Soup for the Soul. Amy and I will be having a conversation about their latest release, Chicken Soup for the Soul, the best advice I ever heard. 101 stories of epiphanies and wise words. For additional information about this show and future shows, please go to fmmktalkradio.com. Thank you for listening and have a blessed week. Shanna, it has been a true pleasure. Thank you again and have a blessed day. Thank you. It's been my honor and pleasure to be here. Thank you. Bye-bye.